going on, guys and girls? The Traverse is back again with another one as we wrap up the month of February. We wanted to do something a little bit special because it is a Black History Month. Uh, you know, the, the, the universe of animation or cartoons or even anime, mangas, comic books all have a, a variety of cast of characters built and drawn storytelling by African-Americans. So we just wanted to drop a spotlight on them. But before we start, of course, EGC Divine is in the building. How you feeling? What up, fam? What up to the Triverse universe, to our fans, our supporters, our subscribers, our community. Peace to y'all. Blessings to y'all. This is going to be a good one. That's all I'm going to say. Word. E-Man, what's the good word, man? How you feeling today? Hello. Good, good. Everything's fine and dandy. Enjoying the weathers. No, I can't say that. It's too cold. It's too work out here. What happened? We we, we hit 60s and everything just turned to frost. But I am chilling. Enjoying the, the ways that we're breaking through to this new year. Massachusetts. Gotta wait a minute. <laughs> hey, listen, we gotta, we gotta. The groundhog, I believe, saw his, saw his shadow, so we got a couple of months to deal with this nonsense. So, um, but like I said, you know, it's Black History Month, so we wanted to do something a little bit special, uh, a little bit, not just talk about the animes that we're watching or rivalry between characters and stuff we wanted to get give a shout out to which is wild but the people that don't really get spoken up about uh the creators and then on top of that african-american creators so i believe e-man you want to kick you want to kick this off what you got for oh, just yeah just a just a short minute just a short mics. I mean, uh, mostly I wanted to discuss. Uh, we're kind of going into it. We we doing a spotlight. We're trying to uh, do a revelation because understanding that uh, anime and its median is going global. Uh, it's uh, it's finding its footing and is exploding, like we mentioned before, on all types of media. And Watson Culture has embraced it and see it as very much the future uh, for them to, like, really uh, find their solace to, uh, make profit off of, uh, and honestly, honestly uh, represent themselves in, in more ways than one. Um, so it went from... Uh, as we had mentioned before, where anime, especially in the Western culture, wasn't really uh, seen or mm -hmm. mostly bootlegged or either yeah. considered to be weird because of how some of the uh, some of the portrayals in the median or the topics displayed in the median were just so far out there yeah. because it was reference of a uh, completely different culture. And a completely other side of the hemisphere uh, to now literally what your um, your favorite in the median could define who you are amongst the culture. Uh, 
is is a lot. It's a it's a big deal. And as we're going through a spotlight of a lot of, uh, how would you say, a lot of influence, yeah. uh, being gained in that Eastern ideal of media, uh, Afroculture got into it and is is growing within the median and is very much making it so much more approachable uh, uh, to a global audience. So we just want to go give give a give a spotlight to some of these other um, new IPs that are coming out from these production companies uh, are are showing a representation and yeah. are definitely growing themselves in the meeting uh because like we had said like a lot of the uh, a lot of things in eastern culture was considered very foreign uh over here uh in the sense of how they feature life and death to uh what what even like my people or in regular modern culture was uh same thing for us on how we felt about uh asians and how they <laughs> react and interact yeah. in modern culture Especially uh, back then. yep so without the times of change and uh social media everywhere understanding has been bridged both sides have grown on both angles yeah. uh less of an appropriation of uh, things and more of like an inclusion into it more. We're seeing a lot more interesting uses of Afroculture in anime uh, through uh, more uses of slang, uh, uh, yeah. hip hop and beats yeah. through music. Braids, um, dreads. Uh, I mean, look like at... Like on both sides. Yeah. Of the... the uh, how 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 like uh Pokemon uh, for example hierarchy yeah, yeah even Pokemon even ways of making and assuming on groups and governments are like the handles like yeah. it's 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 huge and they they're they're doing hugely a lot of stuff that not only of the social norm but of the spiritual norm of uh agriculture as well so i was like i'm i'm appreciative and i i like to see that on the flip side we're also been looking at their culture and have been utilizing that median as well to display it even more so i'm i'm uh, with you 100 percent. they still got a long way to go though Don't oh of course wrong. They got a long way to go though, cause some of them characters still, they they lips don't need to be that big, and the, and the <laughs> women don't need to be that thick. Mm. They got a long way to go, but like I you mean, said, they doing their thing. Are you saying you don't like your Ichi? Hey, listen, I ain't saying all of that. I'm just saying some, mean, some animes and, and and mangas get away with it. Some of them can't. So maybe okay. they got they got to compare notes, but like okay. you said, you know. 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm I mean, a, I'm like a, I, I said, like I didn't expect like over a hundred years of culture yeah, and exactly. history to be absorbed <laughs> overnight. But yeah. compared to three decades, they they made long, long. They, they made some change. I agree. Also, I'm, and, um, go ahead. I w- I would just finish it off that so much has definitely changed and will only continue to change now that yeah. I feel uh, our boy. EGC most definitely have a few uh, creators in who are now progressing in the median that we yeah. want to spot them. Yeah. them take that even further step forward uh, in not only design but also impact in that culture. So, yeah. B- well, b- before Devon goes, I I will say. Um, Dang, I should have saved it. So there was this guy on um, social media that was talking about video games and basically not being able to play because they had so many scandals. And then um, one Mm. of the games he was about to play, the character basically started acting like he was Chinese (laughs) and then was like, yeah, I like Kung Fu. You know, just doing, just doing and in this day and age, it would be considered just racist. Just you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny what you say because you know, back then it was funny. You know what I mean? You were making fun of Asian people, but not making fun of Asian people at the same time. And I didn't think about mm-hmm. it until just now what you just said. Our version of what they were our version of what they were doing was blind but seen ignorance. Mm-hmm. Their version of what they were doing was the same because they were learning from us what african-american or black is so everybody who mm-hmm. had real dark skin big lips and plus it's it's also the um the time of information being sent you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. so even when we get past 70s and 80s behavior they're getting 70s and 80s behaviors well past the 70s and 80s so now the the gap the gap of times are changing is crazy but since we live in the age of technology now everybody's on tiktok ig facebook snapchat everywhere information is getting getting to them faster so some of the behavior is is being unlearned and changed as well where we're getting their information as well and some of our like creations um, in certain video games and certain things is also being changed. And like I said, I know I brought it up um, just now, but I really think it's dope that Pokemon um, allowed you to create an African-American character that had better hairstyles and and better color. Mm. Not me? Y'all hear that? Oh. Wait, what fault. is it here? My fault. What do you hear? Nah, some somebody was calling me. So if you guys didn't hear it, that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think that's dope. And then even that new Harry Potter game, just to wrap it up, even that new Harry Potter game is stepping up how they letting African Americans look. They they got the fade, they got the braids, they got the dreadlocks, they got all of that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so small, it's so small. But you know, based on what you just said, and I know, um, based on what EGD EGC Divine's about to tell us. That small change is it, it goes a long way. It's important. You know, that representation of being able to play a game and your character can actually look like you makes you want to play the game even more, makes you want to interact even more. So imagine reading a book or seeing something, uh, a work of art 
You know what I mean? And then the work of art looks like you. You're like, oh man, a little bit more understanding goes into it. But that's that's my spiel. I'm done. I can't wait to hear what's going on, Devon. I kind of I kind of <laughs> snuck into into some of your time. But it's no, all no, it's all yours. It's our time, man. It's I know, I know, I know. I'm just joking. Time. I just wanted to rhyme. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. You trying to be an MC? Yeah, That's yeah. GP ain't a rapper, but he he throw it down a little bit. I ain't a rapper though. With Deshaun Raw, big up, big up to Deshaun Raw, my man. You know, uh, you should not have pulled your videos off YouTube, my dude. That was not a good idea. But yeah, listen, big ups, big ups. So, um, all right. So now, what I'm gonna do? We're going to get down to the nitty gritty and with the information, I hope it allows all those listening to show the importance of cartoons and animation, which is kind of one and the same, but because we mostly talk about anime and there's this controversy over what is anime and what are cartoons. We're going to have to go deep into um, the history and our story. There's his story, and then there's our story. His story and our story of animation. So last week, I mentioned to the young brothers that were on that, because I want to talk about comics as well. Um, The first comics were written on the walls of Kemi. Come on, you guys. So you got the king, Asur, and his queen, Aset. And his jealous brother Set, who I'm not going to get too deep because I want I don't want to take up the show, but you know who ends up killing his brother, oh, sir. You know, and then Osir's and Osset's son Heru comes to avenge him to take his rightful place on the throne. Sounds familiar? What, 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 what's that one? I mean, familiar? I mean, for me, it was like the first thing that came to mind about a brother killing his brother for a throne is the Lion King, but okay. Oh, oh that too. Exactly. Exactly. That's where that story comes from. Mm. They won't tell you that, but that's where that story comes from. So that was, you're talking, you're talking over, over, over. 2,000 years ago. Okay? Now, comic books, as well as cartoons and anime, are a form of metuneter, which is what they called hieroglyphics. Metuneter is the divine word. Metunefer is divine speech. So when you talk about the origins of Superman, oh, I can't remember the name of the guys who created Superman. Superman was created by two Jewish guys who were being bullied a lot. And I'm going to try to pull up the names real quick. I got to give them a shout out. And um, they thought that what if they had the power to prevent them and other people from getting bullied? So they came up with the idea of Superman. Now, Superman is the number one character to this day that people look up to as the best hero. Of course, you got others. I mean, you got from DC Comics, especially big ups. You got Batman, you know, you got Wonder Woman, you know, you got Shazam, who originally was called Captain Marvel. And then in Marvel Comics, 
you know, you have Captain America, you got Spider Man, you know, you have um, I'm trying to name a famous uh female one, um, well, Black Widow and several others. Okay, these ideas come from the uh, notion that what if there was someone powerful enough to save us from our everyday problems like crime or so-called terrorism and so comic books play a very important role in our society so now going into our topic today of black cartoonists and here's the controversy so we can't talk about black cartoonists until we talk about the first ever looney tune character to exist And this character was made by uh, who's the first uh, character? Oh, I'm getting to it. Wow. I'm just looking. At, I, I want. I want to get the the creators first. I, I know who the character is. I got to get to the creator. So this character was made by two European men named Hugh Harmon and Rudolf Eisling, and his name was Bosco. Hmm. Why am I talking about Bosco? When Bosco first came out, they could not tell whether or not he was an animal or just some weird-looking character. Turns out, according to someone who was connected with the creators, and I think I was watching a documentary dealing with him not too long ago, that he was a young, in their words, a young Negro boy who spoke an African-American dialect. Hmm. coming from the South. Big white lips, as you were just talking about, GP. <laughs> Black face, mm -hmm. you know, had a certain style of dress, which is really fly, but of course, they're going to make fun of it. Of course. He also had a lady friend. I think her name was Honey. A Black woman. Wait, you said this is the first Looney Tune character? The first ever Looney Tune character. Hmm. Way before Porky Pig, Bugs Bunny, way before Daffy Duck. No, the, the fact, reason why I act, go ahead. Go ahead, that was fine. Go ahead. No, I said the reason why I actually said, hmm, because that's interesting. That's how they build all their characters now. They all got they all got girls. That's kind of interesting. Right. They all had a um a female counterpart. Counterpart, yeah. That mm, never okay. really that never really got hyped up into the show. Yeah. Because the way Looney Tunes was made. First of all, I respect the cartoonists who came up with um, Bugs Bunny and all of them because they were like, they were kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan hmm. because they had some shack. It was a really messed up building that they used to hang in to come up with a lot of their ideas. Now, if you read between the lines, you'll see why they came up with a lot of their ideas if they're in this hellhole of a place mm -hmm. because those joints were funny. Okay, those joints were funny, so they had a lot of time on their hands and they had a lot of things to do to kind of inspire them yeah. to be funny. Now, let's take Daffy Duck for an example. A lot of people don't know this, but if you look at Daffy Duck, especially if they show the character from the front, not from the side, not from an angle, but from the front. So if Daffy was looking straight into the camera, what would mm -hmm. he look like? 
he would look like a minstrel character. Mm, okay. His be his his bill will appear as if they had big juicy lips. watermelon eating lips. Yeah, he said watermelon. <laughs> Fair now, enough. If you notice, who is Daffy jealous of? Bugs Bunny. Who is what? Looks white. He looks white. Now let's go into Bugs Bunny for a second because we're talking about um we're now we're, we're, we're dealing with cartoons connecting it with stories, not just comics, but stories. Where did Bugs Bunny come from? And no one ever says this. Now, this is more African American culture, but if y'all know, y'all know. Prior to Bugs Bunny was Peter Rabbit. That, that trickster. From the, yeah. Yeah, he was a famous American story. But before Peter Rabbit, on the plantations where my ancestors were working and laboring, we had someone called Br'er Rabbit. And Br'er Rabbit was a trickster. He was a small, frail rabbit who was always getting chased by Br'er Fox and Br'er Wolf and Br'er Bear and all these Br'er animals. He was small, but he was smart. He knew how to outsmart these big predators. So he would play little tricks. A famous story was when Br'er Fox caught him, he said, hey, I got you now. I'm going to do whatever. I'm gonna, Because Br'er Fox was trying to kill him. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. He owed him money or something. I don't know. <laughs> You know, and Burr Rabbit says, oh, please, Burr Fox, just don't do that to me. But whatever you do, don't throw me into that rose patch. Do not throw me into that rose bush. Do not throw me in there. Please don't. Oh, yeah, I'm going to throw you in that rose bush. And Burr Fox threw him in the rose bush. Burr Rabbit started laughing. He was like, ha ha, I was born and raised in the rose bush. And he got away. Mm, so he played him. That's oh, where Bugs Bunny came from. Yeah, oh. trickster. Okay, okay. And if you want to go back to African spirituality and folklore, the trickster coming from the Nigerian people, the Yoruba people, before it was called Nigeria, the Yoruba people, it was a deity named Eshu, who a lot of people think is the devil, which is not true, but I don't want to get deep into that. But Eshu was a trickster. He was known to cause, he was known to play tricks on people in order to teach them a deeper knowledge. Okay, so all these trickster little animals like Bugs Bunny, Woody Woodpecker, and Mickey Mouse, and all these little goofy cartoons started with us. Mm. Or, if you want to be fair, it started with the indigenous populations on the planet who all had their version of a trickster. Yeah. Okay, so now that goes into Bosco. Bosco was a character who used to get into trouble. He drove a nice car, had a cute little girlfriend. You know, there was one episode that I, I noticed. It was kind of funny. I ain't going front. Where um, his girlfriend got kidnapped by some villain. And Bosco got in his car. He armed up. He was getting ready to go get her. And he's driving and driving and driving. And the cartoonist, he broke the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> the cartoonist was like, Oh man, I'm tired. I gotta go home, man. The other one was like, "Yo, he gotta save the girl." Yeah, yeah, nah, nah. We'll nah, do it another home. time. <laughs> and they just left. And then the cartoon is left, and Bosco was like, "Yo, what the hell?" And he he was just driving. He didn't go anywhere, and the cartoon was over. Yeah, 
So he didn't get to say he didn't get a chance to save his lady. <laughs> <laughs> so a little stupid stuff like that. Now, before we talk about the black cartoons, the black cartoonists, I'm going to name some cartoons that I've experienced that were made by black cartoonists. Some of them were based off of real people. So they may have been produced by, you know, um, Europeans and the like, but they were based off of real people. I got to give props to um, the maker of Yasuke. Uh, what's the brother's name? I forgot to write it down. But um, he's also living in Japan. Because y'all shout his name out while I'm looking, if y'all get it before me. For sure. What's his name? No, I said, as you go on, we'll shout, we'll shout it out. We'll find it and shout it out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Please make sure you shout that, shout that brother out. So Yasuke was based off a historical character, a real person. You know, so there's a lot of that. So um, this is not really in order, but I'm going to fur. You know what? Let me switch it up a bit. I'm going to give props to Maury Turner. Okay. He passed away in 2000. Actually, he passed. It was 2014. All right, Pete. And um, the creator of Yasuke is Lee Sean Thomas. Big ups. Lee Sean Thomas. He also did Cannon Busters, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. You could be right. <laughs> yeah, because there was a documentary. It's an interesting documentary on Netflix about anime creators. Y'all check it out. Y'all will find it. It's the only one on there. Uh, well, before before you continue on, right, and go to the mm-hmm. next person, um, we talk. We'll talk about Lee Sean Thomas. Unless you're gonna bring him up again. We could, yeah, of course. Oh, but real real quick, yes, you're no, correct. No, talk about it. Come on. Oh, okay, man. you're correct. Cannon Busters. Um, he was also he helped the plot of Children of the Either for Crunchyroll. And then also he he was co-director of Aaron McGregor's The Boondocks. And then he won an NAACP award, image award. And he also, which I did not know this at all, he did the storyboard for The Legend of Korra. Wow. I heard about that. And and um supervising director of um supervising director on Black Dynamite. Dang, my man oh, been busy. How about that? Forgot about that. Oh, we gotta give the um creator of Black Dynamite some props too. Yes, sir. Dynamite! 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 Yo, now now I gotta go find the Blu-ray and watch that later on today. I missed that show. Yeah, that joint was funny. I got that that joint was hilarious. Mm. Oh, excuse me. So Maury Turner. Now, Maury Turner had a comic strip way before our time. You're talking the 60s. It was called We Pals. Right around the same time as the Peanuts. His, I don't like to use the word mentor, but I'll use it right now. His mentor was Charles Schultz, who was the creator of the Peanuts. And the Peanuts is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. But he expressed some frustration to Charles Schultz on how come there's not a lot of, you know, black characters? How come all the comic book strips are white and, you know, there's no black characters involved in Charles Schultz, so why don't you create one? So he said, all right, I'll do that. And then We Pals was born. 
So We Pals is a comic strip about a bunch of kids who are um diverse, multiracial, ethnic groups. So you had Europeans, I think you had Asians, you had African Americans. You know, um, they, they were just mixed up, and they were called the Rainbow Gang. They had a gang called the Rainbow Gang. <laughs> Mind you, this is the '60s when the rainbow meant nothing but diversity. Prior to that, it was just nature, but that's that's a whole another esoteric thing. Um, so they were called the Rainbow Gang in 1970. In the 70s, I'll say, I, I'm not sure if it was 1970. A cartoon from Rankin Bass. If y'all know Rankin Bass, Rankin Bass was the very studio that came that gave you Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Silverhawks, um, uh, what's the oh Thundercats? That's all. That's Rankin mm. Bass. Okay, okay. Rankin Bass came out, and mind you, Rankin Bass was also done in Tokyo Studios. So is it anime? Mm. <laughs> Now, um, they came out with a show based off of Wee Pals called Kid Power. You can still you can find three of the episodes on YouTube. Um, I saw some of the reruns a long time ago. Now, it was a pretty interesting show, especially for the seventies, because it was the first of its kind. It was the first show that showed some racial diversity and solidarity amongst the children, amongst the characters. Oh, that's good. And it was it was the funny thing about the cartoon, they would um <laughs> the kids would greet each other saying rainbow power, your rainbow power. <laughs> hmm. Not black power, not white power, rainbow, rainbow power. power. <laughs> and they had a little clubhouse and their idea of the man were the adults. Man's trying to hold us down. Yeah, they, they don't want to do this. Yo, we got to organize. So they organizing against the adults. So it was the boondocks before the boondocks. <laughs> of course, you know, the boondocks was a little bit more on the um the nationalist tip. Yeah. Okay. Kid power was more on the integrationalist tip because it was also in, created right after the assassination of Dr. King. Okay, okay, okay. So they, they, they kind of had a mission statement. They, 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 they kind of had a purpose. It didn't really last that long, but it's, it was still memorable. You ask anyone, like I talked to my brothers, you know, you know, especially the ones who are in their upper fifties going into their sixties. They're like, yeah, I remember Kid Power, but that was the joint. Because the, the black kids would talk all slick. Hey, daddy, you dig that? Yeah, what's going on, mm -hmm. man? Yeah, yeah. They, they would talk with the slang. And so you didn't really see much of that before then. So big up to Maury Turner for giving us Wee Pals and Kid Power. In the building. In the flesh. Now, since we brought the um assassination of Dr. King, I got to um bring up Franklin, the peanut character who was created in honor of Dr. King by a Jewish woman by the name of old tight. Go on, buddy. Okay. Want to show Jewish. That's important too, that there's representation coming from other 
nationalities and backgrounds of people, you know what I mean? To 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 hear that um other nationalities and uh, form of religions are creating a need to put people of color in these artworks, in the well, I'm pretty sure uh, Peanuts wasn't animated yet, but still, you know, the fact that you you open the Sunday paper and the comic strip, there's a black there's a black kid in there. Right. So Harriet Click Glickman, who was a school teacher in Los Angeles. Yo, shout out the school teachers, man. They always yeah. most, most <laughs> shout out the school teachers most yep. are always down to get everybody included in everything. Shout them out, man. Right. So she was a Jewish woman who was a school teacher who wrote Charles Schultz a letter. You know, 11 days after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., urging him to introduce a black character into the Peanuts. So she said, Charles, we need some Negroes in the cartoon. It's not right. Dr. King died for integration. You need to do something about that. It's not right. Uh, On April 26th, Uh Charles wrote back saying that he had thought about this, but was afraid of patronizing our Negro friends. This began a correspondence between Schultz and Glickman that led to Schultz's creation of Franklin. Okay, word. <laughs> word. So that 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 basically told him the universe was just like, yo, bro, you gonna do this or what? You already had the idea. You gonna do this or what? What's up? We got so you know Charles, Right. <laughs> so you know Charles was thinking about Maury. Oh, I don't yep. want to offend Maury. He's working mm-hmm. on his comic strip. I don't want to do that. Oh my, oh, my, mm-hmm. what do you know? <laughs> Rest in peace to Charles um, and Maury. But um, so he said, okay. Now, the first time on television, so if you're talking about anime, the first time Franklin showed up on television was the Charlie Brown Christmas, um, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Oh, nice. In the original, they changed it up, but in the original show, there was a part where Charlie Brown was calling his grandmother and he wanted to invite his friends. He said, oh, I got a new friend named Franklin. He's a colored boy who just moved over in. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and they changed it. They changed it up. Wait, what, what did they change it to? Uh, he just said friend or something. They they, they took out the colored boy part. Oh, yeah, this good. colored kid named Frank. Franklin Patty and this colored kid named Franklin. Yeah, he wants to, you know. That, that wouldn't have aged well. <laughs> so they say, yeah, we gotta, we gotta change that, you know. <laughs> and but Miss Glickman was, oh, thank you, Charles. You put Franklin in there. Doctor King will be very happy. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're a good man. Oh, oh, oh thank you, Miss Glickman. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's um, Maury Turner. Big ups. Honorable mention to Franklin and uh, Mrs. Glickman and Charles Schultz for bringing in Franklin. Yeah. Really, it's it's important to to let people know because a lot of people get um, listen. A lot of people get hurt when they find out that a black anime or cartoon they're watching is created by a white man. No, nothing against them, just saying. Mm-hmm. So that's dope to find out that um, you know, the the coalition is out there trying to trying right. to unite everybody. Right. That's why not, you know when you yeah, look at not, Franklin, Doctor yep. King, Doctor King. Boom. Yeah. Not. And I and I say that because it's not just through, um, you know. Nowadays we look at things where it's just like ah, they're just trying to make money, so they just put a black character. But they had they had intent, they had a purpose mm-hmm. that they wanted to put this new this new character in the strip to represent people, especially in trying times. You know, they're trying to come 
um, unite, unite the forces together in a, in a way. And this was the best way they could do it at the time, especially what was going on. So that's dope. Right. I mean, since you got to talk about that, you got to think about Black Panther, but the comic book. Yeah. Which, um, what are you doing, buddy? Which, um, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were inspired by the Black Liberation Movement. That's dope. You know, from the Black Panther Party, obviously. Whom had a comic book that was circulating the community about this character called Black Panther who was going around, you know, off in the police. Now, some the, say that the FBI put that out. The Black Panthers supposedly Black, no, had this comic no. book? Well, they say that the Black Panthers yeah. were circulating a, a, it was like a coloring book of a character called Black Panther. I mean, you can find some remnants of it on, you can Google it. And they were giving it out to the community, but people have started saying that they never created anything like that. It was being circulated by the FBI just to kind of push the idea that the Black Panther Party was a terrorist organization, mm. you know, which okay, they okay. actually were not. So they put out this comic book of this character called the Black Panther who was going around just offing pigs. Like the, the police officers were 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 pigs in officer in uniforms. Oh, okay. So they would go, he was going around just offing them. Okay. So that's the original Black Panther. Mm. Now, I don't think Stanley and Jack Kirby was like, yo, that's a great idea. They probably, <laughs> they, they, they probably was like, yo, Black Panther. You know, because originally, they were well, filling the name. Getting into the history of the Black Panther is a whole other episode. But they got the idea from that movement in that era and they said let's create a, a character from a country called Wakanda in Africa called Black Panther yeah. okay, so. that's dope man look where we are today yeah why do you think they killed off the character moving on two very questionable movies I hear you though <laughs> Kill off a black superhero because the actor died. Yeah, don't get me started. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, um, what y'all got? E man, what, what you got? Any comments? Come on, it's a conversation. <laughs> y'all gotta pay me for a lecture, man. He said that. Well, why E man? E man is <laughs> I do want to shout out um Ian Jones and um I I'm probably gonna. Butcher. His last name is hyphenated, but it's Q-U-A-R-T-E-Y. Uh, I want to shout him out because he, he, yo, I don't think it should have got canceled, but I do see why it got canceled because it kind of reached its, its max and then it, it resolved pretty well. The OKKO Let's Be Hero series is African-American uh, male. He made that. Thank um, you for shouting him out. Thank yeah, you for no shouting problem. him out. Yeah, no problem. Ian Jones what Terry? Now he's I, he's Ghanaian. He's from Ghana. He's yep, cartoon. yep. I do remember that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's dope because he was a supervising director and an executive producer on Steven Universe until yep. 2015, which that show was a wild ride. Um, and basically, you know, he being on that show was great, especially in that time, because, you know, the LGBTQ plus community was, is, is on a rise. You know, we talk about including everybody. I guess that is the new thing that not 
I'm sorry. I apologize for saying thing, not thing like that, but it, it it's the new, and I don't want to say movement either, it, but I, I guess it's the new vibe. You know what I mean? It's the new energy that people are on to, to talk about their sexuality and what they prefer. So the fact that they have some representation on TV is, is almost at the level of, um, us having represent us having representation, you know what I mean. People looking brown on TV, where you can look at them and be like, "Yo, this is dope." So, and he's won several awards, an Emmy, a Peabody, a Gland Media Award. He left the show to create his own show, the OKKO. So that that's dope. I guess he's voiced actors as well. Um, he's yeah. He has he has a web web comic which I gotta get into man. There's a lot of black creators slash African creators that got web webtoons web comic books. It's it's it's, it's crazy, and he mm-hmm. and he won an award in 2001 and in 2002 for his web series Knock Force. So I gotta check I gotta check that out. Um, yeah, so he has he has some, he his web comic RPG World won. Yeah, so I gotta check that out. RPG World it won a web cartoonist choice award in two thousand one and two thousand and two, and then Knock Force as well. So a lot of people are really getting into creating their mag- mangas, comic books through um, these webtoons. You know, just putting everything online, getting their team. It's probably cheaper than trying to get books done. You know what I mean? But People love the hard copies, man. We got to get the hard copies. So I guess we got to do everything we can to support them so we can get the hard copy, man. That physical copy, I will say, since hard copies is hard, the, the hard book covers. But the physical copies of, of these mangas, these webtoons that they created that's online only, we got to get them in stores so people that don't know about webtoons can can get their hands on it. You know, that's important. Right. Definitely that. Um... Definitely that. So, um, let's see. Uh, where are we going to go from here? I'm going to go to a comic strip I used to read. Big up to Raymond Curtis Billingsley, the creator of the comic strip, Curtis. Hmm. Now, growing up, you know, in the 80s, the, reading the Sunday comics was, you know was similar to watching Saturday morning cartoons. It just the comics. You know, it was just it was just yeah, they, yeah. It, you're just reading comics, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Garfield being one of my favorites because he was on the front page. Um before Garfield was on the front page, it was Andy Cap. Mm. Another comic another classic comic strip by this dude always fighting with his wife. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um so Curtis, before the boondocks, it was Curtis. Curtis wasn't very, he wasn't too political. It was this more everyday life of some young elementary school. I think he was elementary school kid, you know, getting into trouble, you know, going to school, you know, having a crush. Mm-hmm. It never worked out. He always messed up and did some goofy stuff to make the girl not like him. And getting his behind whip when he done something stupid to his parents. And- It'd be like that. Yeah, you know, one episode I remember reading that was very touchy. They actually came out after the, I think it was after the Columbine shooting, where um 
he was getting ready for school. He was packing his bag. He was like, okay, can't bring this, can't bring that, because I don't want to have to deal with the metal detector when I get to school. You know, I got to make sure I got all no metal in there or make sure I got something I can just take off easily and won't be a big problem. Hold up the line to get to class. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he walked out to, he walked out the room with his backpack and his mother started crying and states that um the sad thing about it is it's so normal that he has to do things like that, dealing with a metal detector to go to school. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the deeper moments of the comic strip. Um, one of the things I remember from the comic strip is the culture. Yeah. There was a is part where, he, right, there was a part where he goes to the barber shop and he had some egghead barber, older black man, you know, who always got his name wrong and always told some story about how he knew Miles Davis and met James Brown and, you know, dated Patty LaBelle, stuff like that. <laughs> and if y'all know about African-American barbershops, you know the barbers... And, and the barbershop is the place where men went to just talk men stuff. But whenever someone has a story, it's always challenged. So if you come out saying, yeah, man, Kanye West is my man, there's always going to be someone to be like, man, shut up, man. He ain't never met him in your life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's always going to be that challenge. Always. Always. So there was always someone challenging his barber while he's telling Curtis some story, probably to give him some history and some culture. Yeah. And one of the OGs in the barbershop, man, man, shut up. Don't start telling that boy those story. He don't care about what you're saying. <laughs> man, so, but it's important, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that was everyday life, though. That's, you know, that's what you saw when you went to a barbershop. I'm bringing that up because this is the difference between cartoons created by African writers and cartoons created by other writers. African writers bring that experience. Yeah. You know, they bring that level of culture that other writers will not understand. Okay, it's funny because I was just watching... Which will bring me into my next um, cartoonist, who was a famous man, a comedian, by the name of Damon Waynes. He had the cartoon Waynehead. Hmm. Okay. Waynehead came out back in, I want the two early 2000s. Um, about It was pretty much about him when he was a kid. Some funny oh, looking kid with a round head, and he had one big shoe because he was crippled at the time. You know, Him growing up in New York. But he had a lot of cultural um, representation in the cartoon that you only will understand if you grew up in the hood. You can still find Wayne Head on YouTube. In fact, I was watching an episode with my son this morning. Word, I got to check that out. Yeah, oh yeah, they got a lot of episodes on YouTube. So big up to Damon Wayne's and the Wayne's family. And since we talked about his brother, Sean Waynes also had a cartoon. He had two specials called Thugaboo. I don't hmm. know what he was thinking when he called it Thugaboo, but Thugaboo. <laughs> he made a little a too black. <laughs> that was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, a little too black. <laughs> but he then, after they didn't have any more episodes, so he, he got a YouTube channel. I'll put it there. Um, called the Boo Crew. So he changed okay. the name to the Boo Crew. All right, all right. That's more marketable. <laughs> That's more marketable. I rock with that. 
I remember seeing one episode, and I, I just couldn't get past the fact that it was called Thuggable. Like, why is it called Thuggable? These little cute black kids who just dealing with whatever they were dealing with. I can't remember the episode. It was kind of cloudy. <laughs> but um, I think I was too stuck on the fact that it was called Thuggable. I said, yo, he has, he has a cartoon named Thuggable on Nickelodeon. This is gangster. <laughs> I, w- I was impressed and shocked and insulted at the same time. It was weird. Yeah. Now I feel you. Just by you saying the name, I'm just like, yo, bro, how, how, how you going to sell this? This ain't going like, ain't nobody going to buy no toys like this, man. Not enough people, at least, to keep it going. We got we to gotta change the name, man. Right. That That's what also makes it dope. Um, These cartoons were coming out with the idea of just having cartoons for African children. Yeah. Not necessarily to sell products. So we know what Saturday morning was about. It's about selling products. Yeah. I think later on, a lot of the cartoonists started just coming out with shows that were more about just the show, not about selling products anymore. So the advertiser yeah, yeah. said, the, the investors said, yo, we ain't making no money off this. <laughs> gots to get paid. Not <laughs> not to make it all about money, but yeah, gots to get paid. People, you know, yeah. people need to eat. Like, why are we having this block now? Like, I'm not making no money off of Wayne Head. There's no Wayne Head toy. There's no Wayne Head comic book. There's just a cartoon. Like, what is it doing? Yeah. Got to be marketable, at least. Like, thuggable? Like, are they going to rap or something? <laughs> I mean, they going to rap? Are they going to dance? Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> I mean, well, why are you talking? What's up, man? You all right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I just... Kind of figure where I could go in. I mean, like we said, it, this this is an election. You hit us up with a, a lot of actions and a lot of promotions for sure, uh, especially on the cartoons and comic book side of things, which I don't know too much more about. Um, oh, so you 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 learning just like me as we go. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Okay. Well, I mean, wait, what? Well, before you go, since we learning as we go, I do. I don't know if you have her on your list, but I do want to shout out Sonia Carey, C-A-R-E-Y. Um, the work that she did, she was able to, she was the person that was in charge of the ink and paint department on the Princess and the Frog and Winnie the Pooh and the Proud Family movie. Um, she ah. also... Yeah, she her first credit began with rent and rent and stimpy, bro. Rent and stimpy. If you wanted them late night, shout out to her. Shout out to her. Yeah, if you, I, I know, I know E Man, he be staying up late. So if you wanted them late night people that was up late watching rent and stimpy, you need a butt whooping. Cause they they was they was on that advanced tip. So that's dope that Yo. she was she was in on that. And I guess um the studio was called Metro Light Studio that um she was on that worked on Ren and Stimpy. Man, and Ren she and also Stimpy was the, the NWA of cartoons, man. Basically. And she was also the head of studio operations at Profolio Entertainment. So big shout outs to her, African American woman. Didn't even know she had anything to do with uh Ren and Stimpy. But I mean also I don't think I ever stayed up late long enough to read the credits or pay attention. So I guess that's on me too. <laughs> Who did? Let's that's just be true too. Yeah, Who pays attention to the credits on the cartoon? I, I will. Quick, you can't even see them. That's true too. I will say this. Um, 
going to watch movies. I, I try to read as many names as I can. I don't know why, but something just sitting there waiting for that post credit scene. I just, I just try to read the credits and see like who was doing what. And I also look for people that have the same name as me. I forget. I think it was. No, nah, I don't want to lie and, and say the movie. Uh, but there was a movie that I saw. Some dude had my first name, which I thought was crazy. Uh, but obviously the studios were in Canada since I have a um, close to a French name. So it made sense. But I was like, OK, that's dope. But then again, if you're reading the credits, you would have to read the name, write it down and look it up to see what their nationality is anyway. So that that is a lot of work. Not going to lie. I mean, to, to add in on you, you're mentioning about even watching end credits uh, for movies and now not only movies, but TV shows as well. Um, I think we were we were like people as a whole nowadays are taking a notice onto crediting and uh, end credits uh, heavily because of Marvel movies. Mm hmm. Uh, because they do a lot of early credit scenes, mid credit scenes, and then maybe an end credit scene, uh, just to either show bloopers, extra scenes that don't really add to the movie, but uh, attribute to some loose end resolution, and then finally something to hype up if it's within a series ad movie series and marvel did that to the point that people are now paranoid about any major movie production that they'll do that do that for any of their credits yeah. um yeah and a lot of people who who it's now credits have become a little bit more popular for people to watch now mm -hmm. even on tv usually in the day credits would have been uh when when people are watching a movie and then uh another tv show is about to come on usually they shrink the movie yeah play, fast forward the credits Yo, and then super start fast. the new mm -hmm. tv show or another movie that's going to start just to skip it um even that before they would just cut out the movie like right when the credits would start they would cut out the movie and then start up the tv show or the next movie on TV. Right, so right. even them doing that is like a recognition. I'm like, oh, I, at least they know they, they at least have to show the credits. But she. Yeah. Wait, before we continue, you know, that's important that you said that about the credits. And I know it's not the episode is not about the credit, but just real quick. Yeah, it uh, is actually. If you think about it. Yeah, that's true, too, because that's how you find out <laughs> who's doing X, Y, and Z. That's true. That's true. So it's a little side segment. But the first episode of. The Last of Us aired on HBO. They ran the credit. They didn't give the video game creator credit that he created the video game that they got a show now, that they're getting paid. Yo, people saw that his name wasn't on the credit. Yo, he called HBO immediately and was just like, hey, yo, y'all got to fix this. I need to get paid. Y'all got to <laughs> fix this. I need to get paid. And they fixed it. So now he he comes up um, in the in the credits. I mean, they should give him credit. He created a video game, right? I mean, that that'd be like if they didn't do that for any of the, uh, for like if they didn't do that for um, uh, J.R.R. Token, the Lord of the Rings spinoffs that they've been doing, yeah. or even or even uh, 
uh, George R. R. Martin with his uh, Game of Thrones stuff, but yep. they never put him in. Like that's huge. That's huge. Like that's that's like Marvel completely after uh, Stan Lee. Uh, Stan Lee's death. Don't mention him at all in any of the credits. Yeah, mm. true. So they you know they got to give credit where credit's due. So like Hold you, on, they don't mention Stan Lee. No, they do. What was that? Oh, oh yeah, no. they, they always do every yeah. every time in the credits. Yo, I was about to say, yo, don't be don't be cutting out, Stan. Yeah, no, 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 no. But that's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Like him mentioning that they didn't do it for the yeah, last of us. I season. feel it's huge because it's pretty much hitting on to like other major creators, and you just not often not to even mention them and their creditation to their works. That's why credits are uh, are being more recognized and being more viewed outside of just um, what do you call it? Just uh, getting fast forward critics, critics. Yeah, it was like man, credits. What's close to credits? Critics. Mm-hmm. It. Like fans are now looking through the credits, not only for like extra scenes or hidden um, names, but also to recognize who are these actors that are filling these roles that they enjoy mm-hmm. and who and if it's from a popular median coming say if it's a tv show or a movie and it's based off a comic uh video game or another form of media or vice versa that they they have the credination from the as a fan that you guys recognize and already enjoy so I'm, Man, I'm glad that they he he called up hbo after episode one and made sure he got wallow Incredulation from the jump. Listen, I I had a situation like that real quick. A certain individual, I hope you're listening, (laughs) a certain individual had a mixtape. Wanted me to say some words on it. Because I was done rapping at the time. I said, yo, I'm not doing no raps. Could you say some words? I said some words that came from some deep study. Mm. He put out the CD. My name was nowhere on it. Man, I gave him the business. Got to. I gave him the business. Granted, the the wax CD didn't go anywhere. I'm not going. I'm not going to plug it. <laughs> you know who it is, you you goofball DJ. But you know, karma got you because it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so my voice is on some wax CD, dropping some jewels, and my name's not even on it. Playing around. I just know how it feels. That's all. I'm asking. You know, I, I had to express my feelings. <laughs> so yeah, no, y'all, I mean, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, man, y'all are y'all off the hook, man. Shoot, man, y'all off the hook, man. We got we got a few more. I mean, who else am I going to? Oh, I got to give a shout out to Bill Cosby. I don't care how you feel. I'm giving <laughs> a shout out to Bill Cosby. I'm shouting Bill Cosby out. EGC the Vine. Still loves Bill Cosby. <laughs> Bring the smoke. <laughs> Fat Albert and Little Bill, especially Fat Albert. I was about to say, I'm like, he, he, he you got to give him for the good that he put out in the world. You're right. Fat Albert and Little Bill. Uh, mm-hmm. Generational uh, cartoons for both right. young and young adult. So, but listen, here's how I felt when the when I first seen Fat Albert, like that was like, and it was dope that I had a show that was part of my Saturday morning lineup that I can remember and have some nostalgia over. 
when I first heard do 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 did I see that microphone go in the fat Albert's hand? Now, come on, y'all. I'm an MC, you know, hip hop head for life. That microphone was everything to me. And he said, Hey, 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 it's fat out. And that <laughs> organ came in. I used to go crazy. That beautiful. Me, my cousins, anyone who was over, yo, fat albums on. We used to be outside, yo. Fat albums on. Hold on. Let's, let's go watch that real quick and come back outside. <laughs> <laughs> fat albums on. And the stuff that they were dealing with coming from North Philly, you know. I didn't realize it was North Philly at the time. I actually just thought it was Boston, you know, when kids think. <laughs> said, that's my hometown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Mattapan. Oh, yeah. He said, oh, my God, they're eating Philly steaks in Boston? What the heck? <laughs> I mean, they're playing all the games we play. And they're playing They're playing every man for them. Actually, I don't think they were playing every man for themselves football. That was that was a, that was a us thing. But, um, I mean, they're, they're playing all the games and, you know, they're in the junkyard, you know, playing with stuff they shouldn't have been playing with. They formed their own band. Listen, y'all, they formed their own band. I, I, I know it's a cartoon. My man was playing. He was, he used a old radiator as a instrument. Well, My man was using a, a lamp as a guitar. An <laughs> <laughs> old and he was using the old mattress spring as a harp. Like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> he said, "We gotta play some music." That's hip hop. I think Fat Albert started in 1973, which is now considered the birth of hip hop, which started on August 11th, which I do not agree with. I'm not going to get into that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's all there's there's some more to that, but um, everything they were doing on that show, the morals and the simple stuff, because at yeah. first in the seventy, it was the simple stuff. They didn't even get into the drugs and the gangs. They were talking about washing up, taking a bath. Like one of the episodes that stood out to me was um an episode called Suede Simpson. Hmm. He dressed fly, but he didn't like taking a bath, so he brought the funk. Mm, play and on. No words. one knew how to tell him. Everyone was like, "Yo," and they didn't like hanging with him because he was he smelled. He didn't he didn't like taking a bath. He was fun cat. The ladies used to run from him. Oh my gosh, come Sway Simpson. And <laughs> in this episode, like one day they were at a party and Bill's little brother Russell straight G checked them. Like, yo, why are you here? No one likes you. You stink. Damn, straight up. And, and um he was all mad, hurt his feelings, and he left and and the moral of the story was, yo, listen, yeah, Russell was harsh, but it had to be done. Yo, your man, yo, my dude, you need to wash it. You need to wash yourself. And, of course, if y'all know Fat Albert, there was a famous song after that episode called Soap and Water, a toothbrush and a comb. <laughs> you should learn to leave them or you'll stand alone. And they flipped it reggae style. I was like, oh my gosh, that's still done in my mind to, the, to this day. Man, uh, I wish they 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 gave that song <laughs> to uh to some of the people and brothers. No, not 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 trying to come and attack that community, but uh 
some people in the trade card community. Uh, <laughs> in the what? Uh, you, 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 you characters are are interesting folk. Uh, but uh, I feel like at the very least, some a fresh shirt, soap and water, and the use of deodorant is is highly <laughs> expected. Please, <laughs> especially if you're going to be at events for several hours. Oh, and multiple in an enclosed space. Yeah, <laughs> it's something. It's something that comes up, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm not attacking the community." There's been huge strides for it, but back in the late '90s to early 2000s, some of y'all, bro, and you know who you were. Some of them don't you know. Needed that check. Y'all needed that check. What's wild to me is some of them don't know, but it is what it is. Um, I think that's dope also that you bring that up you know what I mean where um, here, here we have a cartoon with mostly African American boys in it but the imagination levels through the roof where they're not really dealing like you said like super life problems but they're dealing with day to day day-to-day life problem mm-hmm. being funky um how do you tell someone that they they a little funky you know what i mean so that that's dope and it could carry on past race you know right. what I mean? it doesn't it doesn't have to just be in our community but maybe people in our community don't see it enough on tv so they might go to these convention being a little funky now they watch this be like oh wait a minute we can be funky too. Hold on one second. Ooh, ooh, I, I'm one of them funkies. I, I, I need, I need a new shirt. Like even said, funky. I need to go wash my shirt. Just from watching this cartoon, what, what characters that look like them? You know what I mean? Sometimes we don't feel like we're, we're like the people that we're watching. We're watching it because it's dope. But uh, you know, like bro, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's me. And then you see a character that looks like you. That, mm-hmm. that 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 you know not to just stay on it but little funky you're like damn i might be a little funky too sheesh right but now there's also when they when the reboot came out in the 80s cuz i think it stopped for a few years and it came back out in like 84 i think mm. and um they started dealing with drugs gang violence child abuse and stuff like that there was a famous episode where I think, oh, they had a friend of theirs who somehow had a car and they just thought it was his car. <laughs> <laughs> and homie, homie stole the car. See? Okay. <laughs> and they got caught up. So in those days, you know, if if the police, so the police, uh, I don't want to say. Okay, so in some areas, if the police knew your family, they'll work out a deal. Yeah. So they'll talk to your pops like, yo, man, I caught your son doing this. Oh, you did? Yeah, 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 man. Oh, check it out. I want to teach him a lesson. Yo, bring him to that prison. <laughs> Don't lock him up, but act like you're wrestling. So in the episode, the boys got arrested. The boys acted like they got arrested, and, they, and the cops brought them to the prison. This mm. episode, yo, Bill didn't hold no punches on this episode. Like, they were saying things to the kids that was so outrageous like yo and so they're inside the prison so there was a show called um, Scared Straight 
They used oh, to yeah, come yeah, out yeah. in the seventies, where they they take kids to the prison to see what it's like. They, they they take some wild kid who thinks he's tough to the prison, and they'll have the prisoners vent on talk them. with them. Right, like yo, you <laughs> think you tough, young blood? You think you who you looking at? I'll smack you in your face, boy. And they'll get in his face, and the kids start crying. <laughs> I don't know. I want to go home. <laughs> shape up. So that's what it was on the Fat Albert show, and they were in that prison. They had, yo, they had guys like who were mutilated, and guys saying, "Hey, big boy, why don't you come on here? I'm gonna give something to you." <laughs> I was like, "What the?" If I, I remember watching it because I was in second grade when that episode came, and I was like, "Yeah, I ain't going to prison. No, I'm all set." I'm all set, and they said this ain't for me. And, and Bill, Bill did not make it. Yo, Bill. You know, I gotta give Bill some props. He didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't lighten it up. He didn't. The prisoners weren't friendly. The prisoners didn't kick no black consciousness. They, they just straight said, "Yo, bring your big behind up in here." <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at y'all. Oh, y'all have y'all for dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, y'all ain't going there. You might stop. You might find the clip on YouTube. I'm not gonna give it away too much. I don't want people to cancel it. You might find the clip on YouTube. And that's another thing. Fat Albert, why was he so big, but he was so athletic at the same time? Yo, it'd be like that. He went oh, he won every race. I, I will I will cut in from there uh, okay, and say ahead. that that's been that's been easily debunked about people's uh body shape and athletic ability, considering uh even at the time, actually, I would say um uh, Arnold in some of his documentaries was saying when he started out bodybuilding, he was a pudgy guy, but he was always athletic. Um, Arnold to gain the ironclad body it is, he knew he needed to shave where he thought to maintain more muscle mass compared to body uh, fat, but. That's that's been that's always been like a debunked thing in history in general, mm-hmm. depending on the general area that you uh, you're in. Uh, also, basis of your uh, one's nationality, mm-hmm. physical athletic ability has its differences, and they show that a lot now in future meetings that there are like some of the some of the fastest people. Or some of some of the fastest people you would see, and some of the more uh, dexterous people you would see are are can be round. Mm-hmm. Video okay. games they show it a lot with guys like uh, Bob from Tekken or Rufus from Street Fighter. Hmm. What about King Hippo from Mike Tyson's Punch Out? That's true. <laughs> that is true. Oh, no shots, no shots. I'm, I'm just, I'm just talking trash. No shots, no shots. That definitely, I'm definitely aware of that. It's just that at the time, when the cartoon was out, it was very like it was dope to kind of see that, you know, because I had some brothers who were, you know, who, who were who were hefty, and Fat Albert was like inspiration. But then when Heavy D came out, he was busting up those dance moves. It was a wrap. There was no excuse anymore. Whole different story. Mm-hmm. It was a wrap. There was no, there was no excuse anymore. If y'all seen, if y'all 
for all the younger generation, go on YouTube, type in Heavy D, rest in hip hop Heavy D. Look at his old videos. Look how he moved. Mm -hmm. No excuse. Yeah. Legend. He said everybody yeah. can get it. No matter yeah. no matter what side of creed. Sides of creed. You can get it if you want to get it. Now, real quick, y'all. I got I got I got I got I got a few more. It could be a lot. It could be a few. <laughs> you know, um, I'm gonna give another shout out to Aaron Magruder of the Boondocks. Yes, Don't sir. give up, keep doing it. You know, we, we support you, we honor you. You know, um, get at us. I know you hear us, I know you're listening, because you're looking for inspiration. That's what cartoonists do. You're listening to anime podcasts like the drivers. Yes, sir. The inspiration is free. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Milestone Comics, who brought me my man Static Shock. Oh, that's dope. Who also made a comeback, I believe. I'm not sure if they own their characters, Static Shock, Excalibur, Icon, um, a lot of the DC superheroes that they took and bought out. You know, but I'm waiting for that Static Shock movie. Um, there's yeah. a fan-made Static Shock movie on YouTube. <laughs> it's adorable if y'all want to check it out. Um, big ups to the um the the directors that made that. Um, who else we got? Uh, I wanted to mention Kyle Baker, who did a dope graphic novel on Nat Turner, Reverend Nat Turner. You know, great African hero, you know, who took the machete to the enslavers. Hmm. That's dope. Chopped them up and organized some people, you know, to do an uprising. And there was that movie, um, Rebirth of a Nation, by I think the brother's name is, was it Matt Parker? Am I, am I right? I'm going to take your word for it. I, I can't remember. But um, <laughs> Kyle Baker, you know, did a, a graphic comic book on Nat Turner. I got it right here in my um in my bookshelf. You know, also I want to give a shout out to, you know, Manuel Godoy, if I'm saying that right, and David Lennerman of Black Sands. This book is crazy. This comic is dope, and I'm waiting for the anime to come out. They have a um a motionless anime on YouTube. Check it out. My seven year old loves it. That's you know, dope. It's, they even got y'all know how they got those fan made fights between their favorite anime characters. Mm -hmm. They got one with one of the characters, Asur is fighting Goku. Oh, no, no, dope. I'm sorry. Asur is fighting Naruto, I think. One oh, of I gotta them. check that out. Yeah, so um, so that's how big Black Sands is getting. This dude was on Shark Tank and he's on Instagram just pushing his book. Go buy his book, man. I think it just dropped not too long ago. I got one of the original copies, but I went and bought a hard copy, a hard cover, you know, um, for my son and um, Black Sands, the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, go 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 support that brother. Go support those brothers. Another manga that's out, Red Rapture by Alex I A. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, yeah, Renault. We talked about that. We 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 both got that. Uh, email. I'm not sure if you um check that out yet. I've known, but I will know. Okay, uh, yeah, Red Rapture. That's why we're by doing Alex like the. Go ahead, I'm listening. No, no, no. I was like, that's why we wanted to do a bit of the highlights. Uh, I feel like there was uh another highlight you wanted to bring up 
or that you shared before uh, GP as well. Yeah. And you can buy it off. Uh, I don't know where else you could buy it from, but you could definitely buy it off Amazon. It's yeah, like get it on Amazon. I don't think twenty something bills. Yeah, yeah. Um, if so there's not eight, too expensive. There's eight episodes. I'm hoping if we support it. Okay, here's the thing, y'all. For all of us listening, if you really like anime and you want to support Afro anime, buy the book. It might become an anime series. Yeah. But he needs. <laughs> he, he needs he, the support. Yeah, you got to know that there's a demand for it. That's the key. You know what I mean? Right. That that's how. You know, even now, Naruto, people may not like Boruto, but Naruto got so much support. Why Why wouldn't my man just continue and, and you know, be at least be part of Boruto? Maybe not do Boruto, but he's in it, and people might dislike it, but fans of Naruto um, still support Boruto and still putting money in the homie's pocket because he's just like, okay, cool, someone's watching, I'm going to keep going, and then... We we'll go we we'll go even deeper till One Piece thousand plus episodes still going strong, thousand right. plus episodes still going strong. That's because of support. So now support. listen, because I came in on the conversation that you and E Man were having in regards to these um, certain black characters in Japanese anime. The only way to defeat that is to support characters or uh, mangas mm-hmm. created by African writers. Mm-hmm. Which is the reason why I brought Bosco up. Because in those days, point. white writers were using black characters to make cartoons. It was very common. I gotta give an honorable mention to um Little Sambo. Mm. So, big up to KMD, who was um uh, who MF Doom was a member as the name Zeb Love X rest in hip hop the sub rock they had a song called Little Sambo, in which the song was based off of the a character where they were making the reference. Wait a minute, who's Little Sambo? That's supposed to be me, but it's not me. You know, I come from kings and queens, and I was also hailed as God as a black man. Don't let me get too deep up in here, y'all. Come on, man. <laughs> Hold me back. Hold me back. Hold me back. Listen, listen. That's the reason why I brought Bosco. Because we need more accurate portrayals. And I'm still mad that whoever made the remake of The Shaman King, I'm after you. I'm after you. I seen what you did to the black character. I'm coming for you. What, what, Wait, what, wasn't he named Bosco as well? Yeah, it or, was, it's something uh, similar to Jirab- that. Jirab- Jirabko? Jirabko? It's something similar to that because they never get his name right. What I what I will say is um to your point and um you know make it come full circle to everything that we've been talking about as well. The issue with the remake is the fact that the remake stuck closely to the manga. So once again, that goes back to tell you that they they're messing with old information about us because they're getting that old information from the past of the 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 country we live in you know what i mean so, mm-hmm. like you said if we can create more african-american or black or african african story, it's african hey listen I'm, I'm trying to cater to everybody a little bit i know i, I can't know. when you say african that's that's everybody yeah okay so more african storytelling um and then you know to the people that are very particular black storytelling as well 
melanated. <laughs> there we go. We 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 change the narrative where now, you know, other people can't find an excuse to say, well, this, this looks like this, so we're just copying it. No, 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 Papa. No, 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 Big Boss. No, 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 no. You can read. You see the author and you see the mm -hmm. illustrator. They don't look like the people that they depicted. You, mm -hmm. you see this book right here, the author and the illustrator, maybe not where the complete artwork was created, but the author and the illustrator look like the characters in the book. So if you're trying to portray something, hey, Papa, look at look at this book right here. This is the one for you. This mm. other book right here, you can read it if you want to. You can look at the pictures if you want to. But don't use anything on here for any accurate information. You use this book right here. Use this Black Sand book right here. This is better for you. You're going to get better information. Use this one. So we got, like you said, we got to support and create um, more more work. Because I'll tell you mm. this right now, you don't, you don't see, you, you don't, you don't see, Japan putting their own their own spin on weird stuff about Japanese, Chinese, Korean characters. They they stick to what's what's in there. You know what I mean? If they're gonna take something from those people's culture, they they do it right. Right. They do it right because they're in the same region and they already know they're gonna get some heat if they do it wrong. Imagine right. imagine if they made the eyes a little bit more slant. People would be up in the studio like, "Hey, yo, what, what, what you doing here? What's going on?" That, right. that that's how we know Brock is black, cause ain't nobody complaining about the eyes. You know, I never noticed that. I thought he, for some reason, I thought he was like Filipino or something that, like that's that. That's what I was thought. thinking too. Yeah. You know, but he, they, he 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 has so it, it's a lot of it's a lot of things. A lot of people were trying to. Uh, associate um but it is indonesian okay. as he could speak it fluently um mm, okay. i think I all that yeah i, I think yeah he, he's one of the few presidents uh in history that can speak another language fluently uh a mm -hmm. few others uh are uh george bush who can speak spanish but chooses not to because even he says uh, him speaking it destroys a beautiful language. Mm. Um, uh, there were only people in history, like, uh, I think, shoot, I think, uh, why can't I remember? Clinton, Clinton. I was like, I, I'm thinking Bill, and I'm like, why am I about to say Cosby again? Oh, uh, Bill Clinton also spelled, uh, ooh. I'm uh, trying to remember the language because I was just learning about it, about just, just peasants in general. But tangent, tangent. But yes, Barack uh, speaks fluent Indonesian. Um, he is, in fact, multiracial, uh, but was, in fact, born in the U.S. So. Okay. Mm. I still accept. He just, he just, he's just like, <laughs> like he said, he was born in the U.S., I believe Hawaii. So, uh, being part of the South Pacific, obviously, he'd interact with a lot of uh, uh, Filipinos, Indonesians, a lot of people in that that part of the Pacific region. So, all right, 
Okay. Hey, listen, Brock, Brock's still one of my people, so I give him. He he can come over and he can come over to the family barbecue any day of the week. <laughs> any day of the week. That reminds me of the video of uh, yeah. of uh, people being invited into the black barbecue. Listen, did, I, off air, I'll tell y'all who shouldn't get invited to the um, black barbecue. No more, done. But we'll save that. We'll save that for off air. But I agree. Uh, Brock, Brock, can, Brock can come through any day of the week because you know they got the they got the woman he liked there. They got the food he likes, bro, bro. And come on, man, he got rock Pokemon, bro. There's rocks everywhere, man. My man can make his own chair. So yo, you that already was know masculine. That was masculine, and man. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> he, he had all the ill strong Pokemon, man. Yeah, and think about it. Brock's a family man. My man became a gym leader so he could so he could do stuff for his siblings, man. So he could hold it down for them. Come on now. His dad, not to be that guy, but his dad left and never came back. Came back oh. one random episode and he had to square it away with his pops. Come on now. We see that a lot in the black community, in the TV shows, the movies, the cartoons. Come on now. Come on, yeah, now. he's Indonesian trying, and half black. Big up to my father's a knee crew. You know, there you go. We're not that. We're gonna remedy that. They try. They like to push that on these. And that's another thing: the beef between son and father. We're gonna stop that. We ain't. We ain't having that. I love my boys. I ain't leaving. I ain't, they ain't going anywhere. Big up to my son Panther C. There you go. And by the way, he gave me a Pokemon card. He said he get. It's a black character named Grant. I have no idea who Grant is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a Pokemon card that he said he want me to have. There you so, go. Okay. Um, I'm, there you go. Oh, oh, I'm on air, buddy. What's up? All Which the one? trainers are you don't really see in the show. You don't see all the trainers in the show mostly. Oh, is that right? Is that true, y'all? You don't see the trainers in the show? No, all of them. No. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So um. Right. So um. Wait a minute. What's the name of the black character on Shaman King? Why is your brother crying like that? What's going on? <laughs> because, because mom blocked them off. Oh, so he'll be all right. All right. So, what's the name of that black character on the show that you know that that they keep they keep messing with? The comedian guy. The one that wants. To, that's another thing. They Made they got him, him saying he wants to be a comedian. Yeah. So, which, remember his name? Is it? Is it? No, Boston? I don't remember his name. Oh, okay. Get out of here. I'm dead. All right, all right. I love you, son. All right. I have these blocks and I can throw. Oh, anyway, so his name is Choco Love McDaniel. Yeah, they didn't even have the character. Choco Bo. That's how I remembered him. Yeah, Choco Love. See, it's very close, even though it's not the same. Um, it's very close to Bosco. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Because they kind of got him. Okay, first of all. For my, I don't remember. I gotta look at it again because I kind of missed it when they first met him, but they weren't taking him seriously. He's obviously um some sort of babalao in training from West Africa, you know, who understands the African spirituality. But they're 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 doing. See, you listen, y'all. Every, everyone, everyone who was an African um writer who does comic books, man, put your stuff out, man. Hmm. Study the culture, man. They get it right, man. They 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 messing with us, man. Again, like like he like uh like GP had said, I'm like they were doing it off the works of Shaman King, which is a very I would say a, a rather dated and uh, old yeah 
and they're interesting because even even Germans had uh, an issue with Shaman King when it initially aired, mm. as as well as um, Native Americans uh, through their their depictions in well, well that's culture, another problem at least spiritually, anyways. Yep, that's another problem, and that's only because. And I've seen this in several series, not just anime, this series. They don't really take the spiritual philosophy of any other ethnic groups outside of their own, seriously. Mm -hmm. That's why in Records of Ragnarok, you know, you notice they have all these Norse, Greek, Roman, you know, Indian, like not not not, not indigenous, but you know, Indian from the oh, Hindu India. Indian deities, mm -hmm. you know, but you don't see the African deity, you don't see a Shango, your Ogun, you know, Aset, you know, um, Oya, you know, and it's funny because the Yoruba pantheon is getting more recognized. Yes, but, but like just like you said, it's it's all about recognition, right. Uh, and what we would what what you would what you would hope is that uh with continual evacuation that we put those deities uh that that mythology and put out there mm -hmm. more often so it'd be yes, easily recognized. That's yes, why I'm rocking with Black Sands, because Black Sands does that. Yes. Representation. Big up the Black Sands. So, okay, real quick, moving on. I got to give an uh, honorable mention to Trevor Price, the creator of Kula Pare. I think that's a dope show. It's on what? Netflix. It's about these warrior frogs. Ah, excuse me. Oh, my knee. So it's about these warrior frogs. Trevor Price was a football player who retired because he wanted to focus more on writing his books and creating his anime. Word. So there's two parts. There's Kulapare and then there's Dreamwalker, which is connected to the same show. And um, it's a real good show. Whew. Oh, man. Sorry about that, y'all. He said he rock with it. So let me see. Who else? Oh, okay. I, um, Bertram A. Fitzgerald, who had a comic book back in the days called Golden Legacy. Golden Legacy are a series of comic books that deal with African history. So my mother bought this book. Excuse me. She bought the different comics for me a long time ago. That's how I learned about Christmas Addicts. In fact, that was the first comic book I ever read. It was it was the Golden Legacy book on Christmas Addicts. And I thought he was a superhero. I was like, oh, man, this dude's bad. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened at the end, I was like, oh, what happened? Is he going to come back? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. He, he got shot. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. He's dead? Wait, 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 hold up. Whoa, wait, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. He's, he, but he's a superhero. And then my dear parents have to say, nah, he was the first guy to get shot at the Boston Massacre. Mm. I'm like, so why is he a comic book? Because you know he was standing there with his hands on his hips, like he was he was that dude, man. <laughs> like, you know, 
and he got popped. Damn. So this is before I understood who he was. Yeah. They also had one on, and y'all will appreciate this. They had one on Toussaint Elovachor. Word. And that's how I learned a lot about the Haitian Revolution. And that one was dope because it ended off with my man Dessaline saying, yeah, I got it from here. That's dope. I got to check that one out. Yeah, and y'all know the history of that. They had one on Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman, um, Matthew and Alexander Henson, who was the, um, I think he was the one, the first man to reach the North Pole, but they gave it to the white guy that he was running with. Um, Alexander Pushkin from Russia was a writer. No, he was a, um, yeah, he was a writer. Oh, Alexander Dumas, who, um, one of the, um, the three generations of the Dumas, they created the three musketeers. And yes, we got to give props to him because the three musketeers was a novel that a lot of people don't know was created by a, a brother. Oh, uh, yes, you're right. And if anybody who had seen the movie, uh, Django Unchained uh, would actually know as they made an effort and an emphasis on on putting that out there that uh, Dumas was in fact black. Yeah, but there was three of them. There was the, there was a grandfather, father, and the son. I think it was the oh, I think it was the father who created it. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I read about him, but. Yes, yes, they create three musketeers. I think the man in the iron was it the man in the iron mask. That was one of them, yeah. Okay, so three musketeers, the man in the iron mask, and uh, there was another one. But they, these are classics. Yeah, legendary books. These are classics. You know, they weren't comics, but they became. There was a cartoon by Hanna Barbera of the Three Musketeers. Several movies. You know, it's a classic, and a lot of people just don't pay attention to the fact that it was written by an African. Which is important, because that's how history gets rewritten. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we, we have a place in this. Yeah. We have a place in this. So big up to Bortram A. Fitzgerald for Golden Legacy, classic book. A lot of people... Don't remember it. It's very slept on. You can still get it. Go. I think is. I think Golden Legacy has a website where you can still buy the book. I went and bought all the series in one book, and I got it around here somewhere. Um. So um, I'll show it to y'all. I think I thought I did, but I'll, I'll show it. I'll bring it in one day and I'll show it to y'all. But um, yeah, big up to Golden Legacy. So check out Golden. I think it's a look up Golden Legacy on on Google. The website might come up because I got it from the website a long time ago. And he autographed it for me. I thought it was dope. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. Okay, yeah. So go go support Golden Legacy. It's an old comic book, but it's still powerful because those older books have the have the most potent information. They're watering down a lot of our stuff right now. Yeah. Go get the old stuff before they to get rid of it. That's facts. Important. So here's another one um, I want to bring up. Uh, Y'all know who this dude is. Bruce W. Smith. Y'all know who he is, right? Nah, but what's his work? What did he do? He brought to us the Proud family. I'm a little mad at him for the Proud family, you know, but um, 
Nice. I used to watch the original one. He also came up with a show called The Boom Crew, which I thought had potential. And The Boom Ooh. Crew had a few episodes. One episode that he gave um he gave props to um Wanda Page and Red Fox. If y'all remember watching the show Sanford and Son, if y'all remember that show, um, Fred Sanford began to a fight with Aunt Esther. Yeah. So he gave and an, an he he gave um a salute to them too for that because they put them in the um they put them in the show in one episode. So the show was about these kids who ended up being in a, another part of the galaxy fighting aliens. It was um it had potential. It had potential. Yeah, like you said, it was four foster kids going up against space alien terrorists. I remember it. Okay, uh, and okay. you're right. They they um, it was it was a short show canceled really? very quickly. Um, like they only aired four episodes. They had a total of thirteen. Right. Yeah, it started on September 11th. I think I forgot what year. Uh, September 11th. Yo, it was 2004. Okay. 2004. Yep. I remember it too. It was like during that year, uh, I probably seen like the second or third episode and I was like, it never showed up. But it, it, the thing about it is it wasn't like, it wasn't like a show that they put on like Saturday morning cartoons. It was like that weekday quick, uh, five to seven o'clock block for the kids WB and you 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 probably seen the quick twenty two minute episode and then you never heard about it again. So, but yeah, well, actually, it, it literally lasted a month. Well, actually, when it first first came out, it came on right after. No, it came on um W yeah, it came on WB at first on Saturday mornings. Then they moved it to the weekdays because no, it seems like not a lot of people were paying attention to it because I I don't know I, I think. I, I can't okay actually I take that back. Here's what I really here's what I think. I think it had potential, but it seemed like it was a lot. Like these kids are playing, the next thing you know, they're fighting a bunch of aliens. <clears throat> but if he would have took his time with it, it could have ended up somewhere else. I mean, I I could I could see that, but I could also see if you're right, I think you you're right, it did air on a Saturday morning. First, it premiered, but probably didn't get as much hyper build, especially in 04, when the WB, at least Saturday mornings, half of its block between 8 o'clock to noon was filled up by DC Comics cartoons. Yep. Yeah, that's you the, had yeah. Static, that's you had Batman the Animated Adventures, and then Two years prior, which is already coming up into its second to third season, Batman mm. Beyond. Yeah, that's right. Plus Justice League, so you already you had like at yeah, the disadvantage. Two, so eight from eight to twelve is eight, nine, ten, eleven. So you had eight shows. At least four of them were a DC comic show. Mm. So. If it fell into either in between or premiered early, 
it probably didn't see it because a lot of kids didn't get their follow-up or actually wake up on Saturday mornings usually in time to actually watch the shows if they didn't have to do chores until nine o'clock. So that's where a lot of those mainstream shows, they did it that nine to 10. Good analysis. Um, Good analysis. But um, yeah, I don't, uh, I think it started off into either where it premiered. It was, it wasn't big enough for it to get the rings that they wanted. So they did the weekdays, mm. the game would hold up and probably didn't because on weekdays, people loved watching the occasional Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, or yeah. uh, the Batman Beyonds that would appear between Monday through Friday, and then whatever other show they wanted to do for that five o'clock block that they did. Mm. So, and that's that's just off a of memory of what remember of the few occasions that I've actually watched it because during the weekdays, even for me personally. Didn't really watch TV. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was, I was definitely hitting more of the books. Uh, sometimes playing a bit of the video games, but mostly uh, reading when I had the chance. So, and around two thousand four, I think I just uh, it was about a year before I probably got into manga because uh, what do you call it? Uh, Naruto didn't released until 05 so until naruto came out i wasn't really reading manga but i i knew about anime by then so yeah <laughs> Makes well sense. yeah i think i think you know what it's funny you say that because i think what bruce was trying to do was tap into that comic book fan base because when i, I from what, when i remember of the boom crew it seemed like he he was trying to do a fa a proud family meets Star Wars type of thing. <laughs> I just remember these black kids with one white girl, <laughs> Go, like this is the same old regular stuff that the that the proud family goes into. Well, they, yeah, they, I mean, it was it was it it was definitely interesting because it was like you're right, it was like two black kids, one white girl, and one Hispanic kid. And then That's a right. robot. In a robot, and they and they ended up somehow getting into this battle with some aliens and with the same dialogue that the Proud family has. Hmm. I gotta because, check that I mean, out. That's interesting. He's so used to the Proud family. Now, Proud family worked out because at that time, I remember they wanted more um, African families represented on television. However, he kind of fell for that whole I don't I got a problem with what they did with Oscar Proud, man. I mean, I really don't like especially with this new one, man. I mean, I don't I'm not I'm not uh I don't like what they're doing. They they got this thing where they always make the man of the house look like the fool. And I'm sick and tired of black men looking like fools. Yeah. You know, so Bruce, we got to talk. You know, you know, I got a feeling that you're being forced to do this, you know, and um, you should stop. <laughs> <laughs> you should stop. Like, you know, there was a, I mean, okay, I think it was, it was an episode or the movie. And this is what really got me with the Proud Family, where 
Penny wanted to dress like a she wanted to dress like she was for the straights. And he was like, no, nah, you ain't wearing that. And Trudy says, well, it's okay, Oscar. She can wear what she wants. I mean, she just experiment. I'm like, what? In the... And Trudy won. I'm like, yo, bro, this ain't funny. That ain't funny, bro. You got this 13, was it 13, 12, 13, maybe even 14-year-old girl dressing like a something that rhymes with what? Uh, I mean, you're right in the sense that they, they're actually in high school, so at least 15. No, that's the 16. new. That's the new. No, 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 no. They, 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 were in, they were in high school in the old one as well. You sure about that? They made that? sure to make that difference school. because La Cienega's sister was in middle school. Mm. I haven't watched the new one, so I don't know. And I don't remember the old about one like that. Because the new one seems like they're more in high school because of their well, they're older because they never, they never, they they never graduated anything in the old series, and it seemed like they only went through two years of life in the original series. So this is going through their times where they're about to graduate high school, it seems. But it's I haven't watched much of the new one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll say this. So what? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying simply. No, I'm not, no that... that's not to you. That's not to you. Either. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. like, in regards to the father not approving of his daughter dressing like a, a thought. <laughs> in the say, in the say, mother's say it like he said it before. A hussy. <laughs> a what? A hussy. <laughs> oh yeah, a hussy. Okay, yeah. Let's do that. I'm trying. I'm trying to be nice. Y'all know. I mean, how that's that's exactly what he what he said. Give it a. I don't want to walk out there like us. I'm gonna say this. Trudy's a terrible mother. She's horrible. She's horrible. They need. They need. Mm, let me move on. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. 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 Anyway, anyway. But Bruce W. Smith, also I gotta give a prop to props to Reggie Hudlin, who um legendary producer. I know, I know, I heard I heard he he got some beef in the industry. I don't know exactly why. But if it wasn't for him, that Black Panther anime series wouldn't have got over here. If y'all if y'all remember the Black Panther anime series. BT was supposed to air it over here. They didn't want to air it over here. It got aired overseas. Mm. Reggie Hudlin fought to get that released over here, but it only came out on DVD. Oh, the Boondock, the BT episode. Okay. Not the yeah, the black the 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 BT anime series for Black Panther. Oh, okay. Yep, I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay, yep. Which was Roger that? Which was. Ten times better than the movie, way better. It, it was based off of the real comic book, and after that series, season two was supposed to be Black Panther and Storm getting married, which was a Marvel classic. Okay, so big up to Reggie Hudson, uh, Reggie Hudson, who brought that series out. He did the comic book and the show. So, I mean, do I got anything else on here? 
that's all I got on my end. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> One more. Two, well, a few more honorable mentions. Muhammad Ali. Big up to Muhammad Ali for the Muhammad Ali for the I Am the Greatest Muhammad Ali cartoon that came out. Didn't last very long. I still watch it with my son to this day. He only had one season, a few episodes. Boy. Um, big up to Mr. T and the Mr. T show that came out in the 80s. Um, now, these weren't really done by, you know, black writers, but um, the fact they were based off of real characters, I, I count that as a black cartoon. Um, Jackson 5, big up to the Jackson 5. Classic cartoon. Um, also, I want to give props to Kid and Play. The Kid and Play cartoon that came out back in the 90s. Good show. A lot a lot, a lot to learn on that. You can still see it on YouTube. Hip-hop for life. Hip-hop, you don't stop. Big up to Kid and Play. And also, MC Hammer for Hammer Man. I know we don't like to talk about that, but, you know, I told y'all I was going to talk about it. Hammer Man has some good intentions. And Hammer, at the same time, was trying to sell his brand. <laughs> so he created Hammer Man. <laughs> hey, at least he's doing his thing. I mean, I mean, the first episode is about graffiti art, but he's saying you shouldn't do graffiti, which is a part of hip-hop culture, but don't do graffiti. Oh, okay, Hammer. Big ups <laughs> to you. Must 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 props and respects. I know you definitely a legend, you know, because you you right. put on a good performance. I don't know about your rhyme style, but you put on a good performance. <laughs> high, very yeah. high energy. But Hammer definitely he okay. Yeah. Hammer, when it comes to business and the element of street entrepreneurialism and hip hop culture, Hammer was that dude. He put he put a lot of people on. He fed a lot of people. You know. He gave him a check. He had all. He had his whole community. Big up to Oakland, California. He put them all on. <laughs> he knew his worth, and that's why he made it. He didn't get any love in New York, but he tried to perform at the Latin Quarters. They booed him off stage, but he proved them wrong. There you go. Okay, so big up for MC Hammer on being a legendary um, entrepreneur and performer as an artist and but hammer man wasn't the best but i'll still say y'all should check it out check out any cartoon or animation that was done by our people support it you know know about it don't ignore it you know and there it is hmm. That's great. I, I do have uh, three honorable mentions. I would say just go look them up. Floyd Norman, he got hired by first African-American to get hired. First African artist at the Walt Disney Company. Sorry, not to get hired. Um, in 1957, he's worked on The Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty, Hunchback oh. of the Notre Dame. And recently, Pixar has worked with him with um, when it comes to Toy Story 2 and Monsters, Inc. We also have... Pilar Newton, she she worked on Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, she created segments oh, on really? yep. She created segments on Sesame Street, and she's also the artist for children's books based off the Nickelodeon Rocket Power. Newton has run her own 2D 2D animation studio. Um, Pilar 
tunes. I might be saying her first name wrong, but it's P-I-L-A-R Newton. We also have Peter Ramsey's. He's worked on The Rise of the Guardians and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, oh, so, so not really, yeah, so not really animation, but film, but still just to give him a shout out. He's also worked on Independence Day, Fight Club and Puss in Boots. And then we also have last one is Taylor K. Shaw. Basically, long story short, she's working on creating and she has created. She's the founder and CEO of a black woman anime animation studio so she's she's working very hard to put women on basically the whole the whole the whole shebang you know make sure women are being represented as well so it's it's important to have representation for all crude sexuality race um whatever your background is whether people agree or not it's important to have representation so you feel like your voice is heard so well, yeah. Well, sexuality's for adults, but you know we're talking about that. No, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just saying because that, like I said, that's the vibe now. You know, just to let people know. Um, Got you. Got you. Yeah. One real, real quick. Um, my oh, I forgot his name. He passed away. He was a comic book writer. He did a lot of DC characters from Milestone. Help me out, y'all. Wait, uh, say I'm, it again. He's a comic book writer. He passed away. Ah, oh, shoot. What did he do? He did. He created a lot of. He, I think, he created Icon, Machine. He might have created Static Shot. Hold on, I'm looking him up right now as we speak. Yeah, it's the Triverse. We on some real stuff. We do it as we go. <laughs> we be forgetting stuff. We ain't going live. We ain't going to be. Oh, yeah, we forget stuff. Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much on our minds and on our plates, man. We can't remember everyone. Um, E man, you need to help us out, man. I know you got to go. You need to help us out, man. <laughs> but but uh you said but hold on, I'm gonna find him. I'm gonna find him. Hold on, I'm gonna find him. I'm looking, I'm looking right now. Keep it going. Keep it going. I, I, Dwayne, keep going. I'm like, oh, you got in, it. Rest in comics to Dwayne McDuffie. When did he pass? Huh? When did he pass? Dwayne passed in twenty eleven, February twenty first, twenty eleven. Okay. American writer of comic books and television, known for producing and writing an animated series, Static Shock, Damage Control, Justice League Unlimited, and Ben 10, mm-hmm. and co-founded the pioneering minority-owned and operated comic book company, Milestone Media, which focused Does that on... still exist? They they stopped because they sold their stuff to DC, but they um they, they made a comeback. But I haven't heard about a lot of work coming from them when they made the comeback. But mm. yeah, Milestone, he's the one that created Static Shock, Icon, Exc- Excalibur, Machine, you know, all them. Um, He did stuff on Ben 10. I never watched Ben 10, but no, he, he did stuff on Ben 10. Justice I mean, it depends League on Unlimited. the series, but yeah. Justice Obviously, League Justice League Unlimited. Justice League anime fan. The Justice League, that was one of the best um, series I've ever seen. Marvel still cannot touch Justice League, and Marvel's my favorite out of the two. But Marvel ain't messing with the Justice League. That was classic. That was classic. So big up to Dwayne McDuffie. Rest in comics. Peace be upon you. Thank you for all you have done. We gotta mention you on this episode. 
We're talking about black writers and animators. Come on, we got to talk about Dwayne McDuffie. And if we missed anyone, let us know in the chats or whatever. Send us an email or whatever you want to do. So we make sure we show our love to our creators. Well, there you go. With that being said, you can reach us on Twitter as well. M-I-G, the Traverse Podcast. Hey, listen, if if you're not happy with the representation that's out there, create it. That's it. it. Write, write the books, do the comics, do the anime, um, put the manga out, hardcover, softcover, get a physical copy to people, webtoons, whatever you need to do to show representation of uh, what you feel is lacking in the industry. So with that being said, happy Black History Month. We'll see you on the next one. Big up to all three universes. This was a good show. Blessings to all. Peace. 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 Welcome to the Triverse, where three generations of anime watchers discuss the past, the present, and the future of anime. Will our topics lead us not only in our universe, but what universes lie beyond? Thank you for enjoying today's episode, and we'll see you real soon. Enjoy! Enjoy!